This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap for Wednesday, the 16th of November, 2022. Halfway through the week. And today, finally, yes, finally, I'm doing the demo you've been asking for for a very long time. Putting Windows on the Mac. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you today? I am very good, thank you. And I'm so impressed by you, Mr. Scott. Oh, why? What have I done? Well, I mean, you're here for one thing, exhausted, sweaty after toiling away all night. So I can only assume it was all night on the demo today. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's exactly right. I have no, to say, that's right. no, no, I you're have a hero. to say, I am a hero. But here's why I'm a hero: not for the reasons you think, uh, because you know, yes, I am going to toil today uh, and uh, you know earn my crust uh, with this demonstration. Right. Well, I think it is a crust I'll get for this one because uh, you know what? It, it's not the I don't want to talk it down, but you know what? It's not the greatest demo in the world. I'll tell you why, because here's the problem, right? It's, it's, I'm just demonstrating how this program works, right? People know how these things yeah. work. So, you know uh-huh. what? I'm expecting a slew. That's a great word, isn't it? Slew. Slew, yes. Of comments from people either saying this was the best demo they've ever heard in their lives, or mm-hmm. Stephen, don't give up the day job. Well, can they not just be, eh, it was all right. Can we not have meh? I believe it's called. I don't think that's allowed comments. anymore. No, no one's allowed oh, right. to be meh anymore. You have to be really kind of on one side or the other, I think, or something these okay. days. Is that not how it works? Fair enough. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Um, well, yeah, we are going to talk. <laughs> Wait I, to you know sell what? it, Stephen. I, I, am, I am really pleased that I did this today because, truthfully, I have been. This is not just for demo purposes, but actually because I kind of want to put Windows onto this particular machine. So it's kind of helped me along to actually get oh. this process moving. I have to talk a little bit about VOCR again because I know I've mentioned it before, but it, honestly, it makes this process possible. And it's not just for this. I mean, I was in an application uh, today, actually, well, yesterday, actually, uh, for the Roadcaster Pro. Oh, yeah. And it's not an accessible app. It's just the same. With a lot of these these apps that you get on Mac, you'll sometimes be able to hear, you know, the buttons for the minimize, the maximize, and the close. And that's it. And the title of the the window, if you're lucky. Yeah, and that's all like a read. web wrapper, right? Yeah, exactly, but totally inaccessible inside. Yeah, but you can't get into it. You know, it's, it's it's like those those packets you used to get for light bulbs. You know, you can't get in. It's like, how do you open this thing? Um, <laughs> it's really horrible sealed plastic that I think they've thankfully got rid of. Um, so it's kind of like that, right? You can't get into the detail. So this is where VOCR comes in because what it does is it takes a snapshot. You can have it take a snapshot of the whole screen, or you can have a snapshot of the window, and that's what I use. So. I'm going to show you how I use that today in conjunction with Parallels. But I was using it with the Roadcaster app yesterday. And, you know, it's not brilliant because the, the app itself is pretty terrible. I mean, even things like where you click on the with the mouse to, for example, so there's like a transfer recordings button, which lets you open up the SD card inside the Roadcaster so you can bring the files across to your Mac, right? Or, uh-huh. or desktop or whatever. And um, it, it it's just impossible because the transfer recordings for the text is, is not the link, is not the button. There must be an image oh, well, or something next yeah. to it that is, but you, that's not getting, you know, VOCR is not getting focused on that. Not good enough. They're telling so, you, not good enough. Come on, Rode. Come on, Elgato. Come on, Logitech. Oh, and you oh, know, it's so annoying because, okay, well, I, I will admit, right, so yesterday I bought something. It's not unusual, I know, but I did buy mm. something yesterday because it's, it's Mark Aflalo's fault, to be perfectly honest. Of course, it always is. Yeah, he sent me a link and he says, hey, check this out. And uh, within about five minutes, I had it or- ordered it. <laughs> you checked it out. <laughs> I'm like, I'm buying this. Because Elgato have come up with a new Stream Deck, and it's brand new. It's called the Stream Deck Ooh. Plus. And what it does is it's similar to the original Stream Decks, you know, but instead of just having buttons, it also has questionably a touch screen, although very much oh. like the touch bar on a Mac, you know, just a little Terrible. strip. And then okay. below that, four physical buttons or knobs, actually, that you can use. So if you wanted to control volume of something, you would have the ability to just turn it and control the volume. So I'm kind of intrigued to try this out. It feels like they really are developing this. And the great thing about Stream Deck, I mean, I know it's not the most accessible product. And if we can just, for a minute, park that. I know it's not easy, but if no, we can just we park it just for a minute. Park. No, 
But look, there are okay. ways around it, okay? So you can get assistance. You can get someone to help you. Once it's set up, right, that's it. You're, you're off and running. So I kind of want to look past the flaw there because, you know, a good friend of mine, Mr. F, said to me once. God bless you, Mr. F. He, he said something which I think is very important. Uh, perfection is the enemy of the good. Was he and talking about our show at that point? I think he was. Uh, and I think he was suggesting, <laughs> you know, we're not aiming for perfection here, so don't worry about it. Um, no one's expecting it. So, you know, and, and if we were looking for perfection, the show would never get to here. So, you know, I think that's where he was going, where he was going with it. But I'm looking at yeah. it from this point of view. And no, I, I, I accept, I get frustrated by the fact that I need sighted help to do a lot of this stuff. But I would rather do that and then be able to use the product on my own afterwards. At least I've got that option. And, you know, I grew up oh, with a lot of inaccessibility in my life, right? So come on, this is nothing new not to me. Not good enough. No, sorry. No, okay, not right. that. That's not good okay. enough. I've not got the energy to argue with you today. I really don't. All right. Okay. Okay. It isn't good enough. Elgato is such a popular brand now. It's, it's really made uh, itself like the number one brand when it comes to streaming and things like that. Yet, it's not accessible. That isn't good enough. Simple as that. It's not Thank good you. enough. But no. it's, it's where we are at the moment, right? Today. And if you want to buy yeah, and use the product today, about it. but that's this yeah, is the yeah. point. This is the the perfection is the enemy of the good argument, right? So does that mean therefore I shouldn't buy this product? That I should just say, well, do you know what? I'd rather not have it in my life. Yes, one person can make a difference. Because I'm going to I'm going to tell you something, right? <laughs> With the assistance of Ira and the added desktop, and you know, using the application and using eCam for the the streaming side of things, I've been able to learn how to do potential YouTube videos. I could never have yeah, done it before, true. right? Yeah, yeah. And the Stream Deck yeah. enables that. Now, look, I know there are other ways, but the Stream Deck has benefits to it. For example, each button can do multiple things. So you could have yes. multiple actions on a button. So with uh, an app like Stream Deck, as on um, Ecamm, for example, what's brilliant about it is you can do lots of great things. Like I can transition from one scene to another, but if I wanted a little whoosh or a sound effect or something to go with it, you can't actually do that in Ecamm. So multi-actions allow that. They allow you to you know, have the sound file. Oh, You oh can no. play in the piece of audio. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> going to do it get now. loads of sound effects It's, it's not going to happen right now. I promise you it's fine. <laughs> but it, it does allow you to do that. So, you know, and look, this is not easy stuff. It takes a bit of work and a bit of time and effort. But, you know, I'm willing to put that time and effort in to make this happen because I think it might be worth it one day. Um, yes. You know, everybody's podcast is moving on to YouTube, right? So why should ours be any different? So I think it's no, just... And, and also, I want to control it myself, right? I, I don't want to have someone else controlling do, it or the pressing point. the buttons or whatever else. And I'm not dissing the product. I'd love a Stream Deck. I think they could be incredibly useful. I'm just saying. Well, I've got I'm a spare even... one here, so I'm going to send you one. I'm going to send you, you send one of these down. But the, the, the thing is, I'm not talking about perfection. I'm just talking about basic accessibility. There's absolutely no reason yeah. that their app or software shouldn't be accessible. Well, let's get them absolutely on. Absolutely no. It's let's, laziness. Come on. Oh, let's get them on the show. Let's talk about it. And actually, let's... Let's not have that conversation on you know it's not accessible because that's fine, but that's not yeah. going to solve anything. We need to explain why it's not accessible, okay? So that's the first problem. We need to explain. And I think part of it is driven by the inaccessible app itself, okay? So the app itself not being particularly friendly to voiceover. It means it's not been tested by voiceover yes. users. But also I think more importantly to talk about is the issue around uh, dragging and dropping. So... You have to you have to literally drag and drop whatever you know feature you want onto the button, and really, what you want to be able to do with that is be able to choose a button and you know go into a menu and just pick from the list of all the different things you want to do, yes. rather than have to drag and drop that. Now, this of course means the app has to be fully accessible to that. But I look at something like Farago, which is the sound player app, and that's one where it's basically a row of tiles on the screen or a, a grid of tiles. And in those individual tiles, you can, uh, you know, assign you know where you want them to be. It will tell you. You can move them around with VoiceOver. You can actually move them around to say, I want this to play out of this key. And it will tell you which key it comes from. Yes, because you can they see what care. It's there. Yeah, well, it, it, it's also because they've put, the, yeah, they've put the work in, right? So Yes. Yeah. We're all on the same yeah. page, okay? All right. Okay. All but right. I still love right. the where stream. Where are we going with this? Well, I've the, totally thing, the, reason, the reason I mentioned it is because <laughs> you can get multiple, you can have multiple stream decks. And I kind of like that because although I know you can have different folders on there, you then have to learn what every single button was in every single instance on the screen that you have, this LED screen with all these buttons. So yeah. 
Instead, what I have is just loads of stream decks. It's a lot easier just to say that one's for this and that one's for Zoom, and that's you know Slight, slightly more expensive way to do it. But uh, yeah, 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 it's 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 a workaround. It is. So you know, yes, I've been I've been. Playing I don't like the sound of that. that touch bar. I've got to say, At that Please, bit man. I kind of could do without. Yeah, I don't really see the value mm-hmm. in that. I don't know what it does in terms of whether it's like a slider or whether it's a, an actionable button. I don't really know how that works, but we'll we'll get it in and we'll we'll test it out. But um, yeah, it's Mark's fault. That's why. I was, yeah, everything's Mark's fault. Let's get that printed so. on a T-shirt. We should, yeah. There's lots of things we want to print on T-shirt. When's friends, where's, where's my hashtag Friends of the Shed T-shirt? That's what I want. I, I, exactly. And where's the God Bless Mr. F T-shirt? God Bless they're, Mr. They're all F. coming. We'll work on it. Yeah, we've got it all in, in hand. Well, somebody does somewhere. We'll talk, yeah. to the, we'll talk to the department involved in this. Uh, listen, lots of comments coming in regarding our chat on Braille. Uh, no great surprise there because, of course, it was a great conversation with Matthew Horsepool the other day. Um, Amazing want, guy. Yeah. Let, let's bring in Anne-Marie's comments. Uh, she has got back in touch with us again. Here's Anne-Marie. Hi, guys. It's Anne-Marie from Malvern in the UK again. I was just listening to your show about Braille. It's absolutely fascinating. I've learned or started to learn Braille this year. I had a couple of face-to-face sessions um, with a support worker, and we had a Perkins Brailler. So we learned how to use the Brailler. Then we started to learn the reading back of what we typed. And Sean, if you get the chance, really, really, really go and have a go at it because it's absolutely fantastic. And it does come in so useful, even for little things around the house like labeling, you know, your sugar, your tea and your coffee. And we had great fun learning this. Uh, and then after hearing your show about the Braillist Foundation, I then did their free course, signed up for their free course online and have been following that to underpin what I've learnt so far and they're absolutely amazing and the little resource pack that they send out was great and the online lessons they do are great and so easy to follow so I'd really 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 recommend Sean that you have a go at least um sorry and as far as braille out in public can be quite tricky though I mean I've been in quite a few lists that don't have braille on their number pads Mm. So, for instance, my mum lives in a care home. She's got dementia. And I kind of have to take my pick of which floor I think I'm getting on by trying to feel around where all the numbers may be or how the keypad is set out. Oh, yes. Hugely impossible sometimes. I usually eventually have to ask for help from the staff in the end because I really can't figure out which number I need to be pressing. And the Tate Modern in London... They also don't have any Braille on their number keys in the lift. So it's impossible to try and figure out which, you know, floor that you need to get on and off there. So it would be so much more useful if more people had Braille in their lift. Otherwise, you know, I don't want to end up like something out of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory (laughs) and zooming out of the roof like I'm in some sort of glass elevator. Although that would be quite useful if I landed up in some faraway land. But there we go. Um... There was something else that I also wanted to add. Oh, yeah, the Perkins Braillers. They're £700. You know, the RNIB sell them for 700 quid, and then it costs about 50 quid to make. Um, I know a lot You know, a lot of these Braillers are 50 years old plus, and they, they are like something out of a museum, like you said. But again, on Facebook Marketplace, you know, you can pick them up for usually about £100, 150 quid, mm-hmm. which still sticks in my throat. Now I know, you know, how much more cheaply they can be made. But great. And definitely, if you get the chance to get hold of one, Sean, then please get one. So I'm going to keep looking locally to see if I can get hold of a Perkins Brailler. And you'll have a whale of a time practicing at home with it. And then you can take it into the studio. And then you and Stephen can have competitions about who can make the most noise and irritate each other. Anyway, glad to have you back, Sean. Got the teams back together, and if you're ever feeling lonely, Stephen, and you need some extra help on your show, I'm more than happy to jump on. You can send me a calendar link anytime. I'll give you a run for your money because I can talk from England too. <laughs> All right, take care, both. Speak to you soon. Bye. Oh, Anne Marie, you're always welcome. On now, you see, you've said that. That means uh, you're going to be our guest on our show very soon. That has to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Yes, and I do have a Perkins Brailler. Um, in the house now, I don't use it. My partner uses it, and she does. She does like using. She uses it for taking down um, telephone numbers and things like that. So Can you be inspired I, by your partner? I mean, come on. I mean, she is. I, I just. She is doing I, I great don't. with all this stuff. I know. What are I you know. doing? Just, what are you doing? What kind of man <laughs> are you? Why? Why this took a turn? <laughs> 
<laughs> it's great to be back. Yes, thank you. Isn't it nice? Uh, yes. Oh, I'm I, back I, among I, friends. I, I got to say, I have got no excuse, right? It, it is down to, I, I'm just slightly, I, I just don't think I could learn it now. Um, and, uh, but the, the Braillists, I've got to say, they've made an amazing, to me, it, it really changed. The, the way they present their courses and everything, I think they do a fantastic job. Um, I, I, so you know what I, I think yeah, it is? I think it's the, it's the grade one to grade two thing. I think grade one, fine. I can get that and I have, and I'm oh, cool I love with grade that. one. When grade I was typing two, text just, messages do you ever on feel Braille those, input. It's like walking up a small hill with grade one, you know, it can, you know, a bit taxing, yeah, yeah. but you get there. Yeah. But then Maybe it's Mount Everest with grade two. I know. That's yeah. how I feel. I, you know, I just feel it's like, oh, hang on, how am I going to remember all this stuff? And it's not to say that I can't. It's just that I just, in my head, I feel... It's far more daunting. It does feel more daunting, yeah. And I kind of feel that's and something... I, I still can't I get my get fingers to, to, to figure out those dots as well. That is a problem I do have. When it comes to actually reading back the Braille, I still can't quite figure... I know that's just purely down to practice, but it I can't is, quite feel the individual yeah. dots. Um, but no, it's a good, anyway, great, sorry. great point. And no, listen, Anne-Marie makes a great point, you know, and it's, it's I'm, I'm really glad we helped you find out information as well, Anne-Marie, about the Braillist Foundation, because truthfully, yeah, they are a fantastic organisation. And in Canada, of course, across Canada is the CNIB, and there are, they do huge amounts of, of work around Braille. I mean, the, yep. the annual Connecting the Dots conference, of course, which is all about promoting Braille, and, you know, there was some fantastic events pre-COVID. I guess they're starting to come back, but, you know, I remember we sent one of our teams along to cover one of the events happening in actually the building of the, the CNIB office in Toronto that I got a chance to go and visit, which is just a fantastic space. I've got to say, CNIB do a great job, and they really do oh, because yeah. what they do is they... It's like they, a festival. Well, that's right. There was a festival kind of th- atmosphere, right? And the mums yeah. and dads and kids were all there, and adults. Everybody was having fun talking about Braille in that instance. But, you know, when I got a chance to go along to that place in, in Toronto, uh, it was just it was just brilliant. You know, it was just brilliant because they are so enthusiastic and they're able to turn that space into so many different things so it could be a writer's room or it could be a braille learning or it could be kids painting or it could be whatever it is you know you just all ages uh you know just just brilliant and you know i certainly hope and i imagine it has continued with cnib you know it really is about the blind people which is which is fantastic uh listen let's get another voicemail this is in two parts i think the line cut uh, felix off so he came back for a second run but we'll take one at a time uh, this is uh, your first voicemail uh from felix good morning double tappers uh this is felix morning. uh there's so much i need to comment on so i'm not too sure if i'm going to leave two messages or not uh, <laughs> uh-huh. to, per- to peruse and choose um so I'll start with the lighter stuff first. Um, I'll listen to yesterday's podcast where you guys were talking about um, JAWS Tandem and NVDA Remote. Mm. Uh, it was yesterday. Um, I was very surprised that you guys didn't, well, weren't really, aware, maybe the word is aware of it. Uh, JAWS Tandem has been around since 2000, uh, well, I can't remember exactly what year, but when JAWS 10 came out, that's when we got access to that. Um so stuff that, you, stuff that you obviously may or may not know, um, you get Tandem Direct and a Tandem Center, one of which allows you to connect directly to a support person from Freedom Scientific themselves or Vispero. And the other one allows you to connect uh, um, to someone else who might be a friend or stuff like that. Um, I, it used to be the case that if you had, um, if you if you were the one who was, wanting to control someone else's computer. Um, if you had um, if you had a full version of JAWS and you went on someone who had a 40-minute mode or a demo version, it would license that for as long as possible. I don't know if that's still the case, but I digress. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, as well as that, you get a UI, which is very low re- resolution. Uh, I don't know if that's been um, fixed or updated, there used to be a slight lag when having the actual uh, visual stuff turned on, but I don't know if that's uh, been yeah, that's the same. Uh, because again, if you're visually impaired or blind, you don't, it doesn't really matter. Um, so that's that. Uh, NVDA Remote, I believe, is actually leading if you're to compare both of those. Uh, because you can do the, all the same stuff I just told, uh, told you about. The difference is you don't actually get a GUI uh, or a visual representation of someone else's screen. Mm. And you, again, you can, of course, here, uh, did a person with NVDA. Um, and also, of course, 
unlike with JAWS, you have to have the same um, the same synthesizer for both machines for it to work, whereas with NVDA, you don't have to do that. And also, uh, there are some really cool features. For example, um, you can have your own direct, uh, you can uh, run uh, your own sort of server thing, and, which will allow you to, someone to connect directly to you, but it relies on your internet, and if it's an issue of your internet, you will drop. So the best way is to always keep it connected to NVDA, nvdaremote.com and put in your key, and then you can still use the um, allow my machine to be controlled or I'm going to control someone else's machine. Now, what some of the really cool features? Uh, this includes uh, being able to uh, go into someone's computer, copying a, a, a key or some kind of password or anything that's in text across both machines. You can't do that in a tandem. Uh, the other thing you can also do is that you can have more than one machine connected to one tandem direct center, tandem, sorry, one um, NVIDIA remote session. So when I was learning Reaper, we had a teacher who was an NVIDIA user. We connected to his machine through the same key um, via the nvidiaremote.com uh, server. And that meant we could have, he had at one point up to nine of us clipping his machine. And when he would uh, demonstrate something, we could hear it in real time. But not only that, we could also, um, he could tell us to do something and we would do it and he would check us if we were doing it correctly or not. So, um, wow. that's where, that's some of the stuff that you may not know about in VDA. No, I didn't know that. That's very interesting. I didn't realize it was quite as in depth as that. I didn't know about the multiple connections uh, you could have to one session, if you like. That's really cool. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Um, I, it's not that I, we didn't know about Tandem. I've known about Tandem for a long time. I'm sure you have, Stephen, as well. But I've never had occasion to actually use it. I wasn't quite sure how easy it was. And I was just quite shocked how, you know, uh, you just basically do a, a couple of keystrokes and bang, you're, you're connected. That is really cool. I had a problem with NVDA Remote when it first came out because it, was, it has been released for a while, and that was having to muck around with your router settings for port forwarding reasons. Mm. And that's always an issue. The, the, the router isn't always accessible. So, But uh, using the nvdaremote.com as a server makes it so much easier, and, uh, yeah, it worked really well. So, yeah, absolutely. You should do us a demo, Felix. You, you, uh, you sound like you know your stuff there. Do a demo. Yeah. I, mean, I think, you know, again, with NVDA being free, you know, this is great. And I, actually, wouldn't it be great to do classes like that? I mean, that's uh, clearly it's going on, but, I mean, and who's the person yeah. who's doing the, the Reaper training? I, I want to get in, in yeah, touch with on. them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because that's very interesting. And if they can, you know, teach over... You know, uh, you know, over online like that, and actually have that kind of control and kind of you know involvement. I think that's brilliant. So yeah, really up for that. Okay, Felix goes on. Personally, I uh, I'm going to do on Twitter. I feel like you know whatever issues that are going on at the moment are going to blow over eventually. Um, I won't leave Twitter unless it becomes either uh, inaccessible for me to use uh, full stop, or it becomes so toxic that it harms my you know, my business or, or, or the work or the work that I do. So um, I will be staying around. I feel like the, this, you know, I feel like maybe Stephen, you might be missing the point. Now, I truly accept that, um, you know, the amount of people who are disabled um, or the ratio to people who are disabled to non-disabled people on Twitter uh, is far out, far outweighed by ones who are not. Therefore, we are. If we disappear, it's not going to make a difference. But that's not the that's not the real thing here. The real point here is that if all of us did leave, yes, there would still be a hell of a lot more people on Twitter. But it would become it would make a statement, meaning that actually we're not happy. Now, Twitter can choose not to do that or choose not to respond, but it would make news. After all, um, uh, with all the noise we make, even on slash off Twitter about the way things are going, it would have to make it would become newsworthy, and that's what we're talking about making it uh, making it publicly available for everyone to know. Now, um, if they chose not to do anything about it, even if people did choose to leave or responded to them, um, 
if this was a case about guide dogs and whatever else, yeah, you could take legal action, but you can't do this Twitter. So what would happen in that situation is that people who are non-disabled read the news and, and stuff like that. If they see what's going on, they then have a choice of their own to make. If enough of those leave, then Twitter will have problems, not whether or not the whole disabled community would leave. Um, after all, we are just ones and zeros to Twitter. The more people they have, the more uh, profit they make. So if enough people leave, blind or not blind, uh, disabled or not disabled, or determine whether they, uh, that the, the company continues being profitable or if it starts to fail. And that's the real problem. It's not whether it's ethical to stay on Twitter or, or, or leave it. You know, it's whether or not they, uh, based on how people are responding to them, um, depending on how they respond based on what, what's being said is a, is a real issue here. So I hope that I, I hope I explained all that eloquently. Um, I would love to be able to, you know, debate it with you guys at some point. But uh, keep up the good work. We're all still friends. I'm not angry. I'm just going to stick around and see what happens. And uh, keep doing what you guys do. Um, yeah, and don't worry. You're still on the Christmas list. <laughs> well, thank goodness for that. Um, yeah, you know, look, final word on this for me, because, I, I, you know, I've talked so much about Twitter, I'm boring myself now. But honestly, I think... Um, it doesn't make a difference, and I I stand by that. And and your your point about well, if all the dis- entire disabled disabled disability community left Twitter, it would make news. I'm almost certain that wouldn't happen, Felix, only because the entire accessibility team was shelved. First time that's ever happened in a major company, and it didn't even crack a light on any mainstream platform, on any tech platform, on any other news platform. Nobody even noticed, really. We've been talking about it. We've been, I've seen prominent disability um, you know, tech people on Twitter especially shouting and saying, why are you not talking about this? Why are you not discussing this? Why is this not a major issue? It's not of interest to the, the tech world, it would appear. And the evidence is because nobody's talking about it. It happened, and it just happened and no one picked up on it. The only people they're talking about are us. And that's not good enough as far as I'm concerned. I want mainstream tech to get into this as well. Even people who are writing for mainstream tech who are disabled are finding themselves siloed in that environment because they are only talking about it, but the other tech writers aren't getting engaging. So that's why I would say it doesn't really make any difference whether or not if we all upped and left, would it really make a difference? Probably not. No. Even if we all upped and left as disabled people, I don't think it would make a difference. Um, but I'm, I, I, well, yeah, Sean. Oh, I've got nothing to add to it. I, I, I... Yeah, I, I sort of agree. I, I was quite surprised it didn't make a greater impact when the excess. But I, I think, and it's I think like if that excessive- ha- I think if that hadn't happened, I might have been a bit more likely to go with Felix's view there. Right? Yeah, I think it's because most the people don't know what was, the accessibility team does anyway. Yeah, well, well, I mean, again, it could. I mean, it's not going to take much for a, a tech journalist to actually do some, you know, journaling um, and figure it yeah, out. Yeah, but when, right? when so many departments were axed at the same time, it, it, it kind of. Yeah, and and, and, and look, and, and to be fair, I've seen other disabled people on Twitter saying, "Look, you know, yes, accessibility, the the entire accessibility team going is not great, but then look at it as a house." I think I said this before. Think of Twitter like a house. You know, you, if you abandon a house, it doesn't fall down the next day. You know, the rot will set in eventually, but it's not going to happen immediately. Whereas privacy, security, what's happening with our data, that is instant. That is a problem today. Um, so I can kind of see both sides of that. I don't know yep. where I land on that. I kind of, you know, I'm one of these people I can take two points of view at the same time. You know, I, I don't necessarily think you have Wishy to watch you on the other. Yes, yeah, no, no. Yes, same that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I think it's, it's important- just two things can be true at once, right? Well, yes, that's true. And I think the important thing to take away is that I've changed my username on Twitter now. So it's now Sean's Shed, if anyone's interested. Sean's shed. If you want to follow me, thank did you. you. Fo- did you see the thing about the guy or girl? I don't know who it was. Somebody put up that they, they changed the name to to Christmas, and oh. they, they tweeted Elon because he had said, you know, you're not allowed to change your username. So the person tweeted Elon Musk and said, "I can't change my name. Could, can you help?" And Elon said, "No problem. I'm on it." Because of course, Elon is now in charge of IT support, and yeah. um, he came back to the person and said, "You should now be able to change your name," and they did to Elon Musk. It was. Hilarious. 
Okay, I hope they put parody at the end of that. Well, no, they didn't. No, so of course I imagine that account's probably been banned or Um, whatever goes on. Who knows? Um, Look, you know what? It is a hot mess. There is no denial. And I'm just, I'm sticking with it because I think that the disability community found a home there. And I think that there's nothing else like it at the moment. I know a lot of people are loving Mastodon. Fine. Enjoy it. I'm not suggesting you shouldn't. I, I have, frankly, if Twitter goes, then I come off social media because I am not starting again. I just can't be bothered. I tried Mastodon, but, and, you know, it's not, there's nothing wrong with it, actually. I do feel it's a little bit siloed. I don't quite understand all this instance thing and how you can connect to different people. I, I, don't, I still haven't figured all that out. But the thing is, I don't want to be working on two different social networks. I just want, because those people, not everyone's going to move over. So I think I'd, I'd rather just, just stay where I am. It's just become a chore. Yeah, it becomes media, a chore. It used to be fun. It used to be interesting. It used to be get our news from there and talk with friends and share yeah. things. And now it's just a bit of, a, oh, I don't even want to open it up anymore. I'll, I'll, you know, we're going to talk about this more with Mark on on Saturday's show. But I, I and we were doing that show yesterday, and I was talking about the fact that I, I think I've, I, I think it's more a case of for me what I've realised is how much of a time suck it is, and I'm getting a bit fed up with that. You know, it's it's it takes yeah. so much of my time, and I think I'm sitting here scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and I don't really know what I'm getting out of it anymore. A time suck is fine if it's fun. If you're not yeah. having fun, then you're just wasting time. Yeah. Profound words from Sean Priest. Thank I never thought it would you. happen on this show, mm, but mm, there you go. Mm, mm, uh, listen, mm. stick around the demo of how to get Windows onto the Mac coming up next right here. Send us your Tap. feedback to feedback at doubletaponair.com. Leave us a voicemail at one 803 4567 You're listening to Double Tap. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Thanks for joining us today. This is Double Tap with me, Stephen Scott. He is Sean Priest. Do not let that put you off. Uh, Sean of the Shed. Is, is the new one out yet? What's going on? I, I'm, I'm always oh, at, at a loss with this. Yes, the hang new on, one's out. On. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean, is it out yet? Have you not subscribed and got your notification? Uh, <clears throat> are we talking YouTube here? Oh, because uh, honestly, I don't yeah. even understand YouTube when it comes to all this oh, stuff. Come on. No, you I just keep swiping it. until you hear something and, and then tap on it. Yeah, I don't know how it works either. But yes, <laughs> I could have said something am... there, but I'd probably get taken off here. <laughs> Please stop it. I am on YouTube, Sean of the Shed, and Sean is S-H-A-U-N, and the latest episode has just come out, episode two. I know, I got a second episode. Thank you. Thank you. On smart plugs, I will be going through setting Ooh. up an Amazon Echo smart plug. Oh, that's uh, useful. But... Well done. That's actually useful. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Hang on, I don't like that surprise in your voice. Um, yeah, so definitely go and check it out, and please like and subscribe if you like it. Oh, you're not one of them, are you? One of the... Uh... I am now, yeah. Oh, I, right, I, I, okay. I do everything. Please like and subscribe, and click on the bell. I don't know where any of that what stuff is. What does the bell do? I don't care I, it, what the bell it, does. Ting. I, I, I don't know. It's maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it dings when you get a new thing through. I don't. I don't use YouTube enough. That's the problem. But I will say, oh, I, do. Yeah. I know that it is the place everybody goes for podcasts these days. I didn't realise this, but it was, it was Mr. F who was telling me this, that it's the number no. one place. Apparently Mr. So. F keeps me up to date on the latest technical developments. That's how this works around here. Um, yes. The latest technical news brought to you by Mr. F. Um, but yes, the, Mr. F. <laughs> the news was that, you know, YouTube is the number one place for podcasts. Now, that, I would never have picked that to be the place. Uh, but it is interesting because everyone's going into video podcasting. I see Spotify rolling out video podcasts globally now. So that's going to be something I've, across the... the I've got to have and, a wash and, and everything and make sure I've got, you know, clean pants yeah, on. It's clean a disgrace. I know. I know. Did you buy a new shirt for it? Um, no, I'm going crazy. When I get a thousand subscribers, I'll buy a new shirt. I think there you've got you go. over a thousand now. So I think you should be uh, oh, yeah, getting yourself a new shirt. I, think I don't know how to look. I don't know how to check that. What shirts or... <laughs> oh, subscriptions. I see, right. Um, okay, so, yes, I have promised you, for it feels like forever, um, that I would do a demo of installing Windows on the Mac, and you've been rather excited to, uh, well, mm. to encourage me to do this, right? Yes, we all have, Stephen. We're giving you encouragement. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, so you ready for this? Uh, well, I am, but, I mean, after your amazing intro that you did to it, yeah, I'm expecting great things. This is going to be good. Okay, so first thing I'm going to do is open up my downloads folder. So you might remember that command I told you before, which is command option L. Downloads, window, list view, 
And that's great because it just takes you right into your downloads folder. So let's look for uh, the Parallels install uh, disk image. Install Parallels desktop DMG disk image. Oh, that's handy. Disk image. And there's the only one in there. Perfect. Open selection. Let's open it Install Parallels desktop window icon view. Install Parallels desktop. So I'll choose that icon and I will open it up so we can start the install process. Open system application application alert system dialog. Install Parallels Desktop is an app downloaded from the yeah, internet. Yeah, install yeah. Parallels Let's Desktop is a, this item is on open. Open up. Find, install Parallels Desktop. Window, window. Participate in customer experience program. Zip. Oh, yeah, whatever. Okay, so I'm going to do view end. Accept. Straight to the accept button. Window, window. Okay. Install Parallels Desktop. I'll just narrow through Run here. Windows and its applications on your Mac with seamless integration. Downloading. Pro 43%. 55, 58%, 59%, 67%, 75%, 82%, 98%. Password application, untitled system dialog, parallels desktop, parallels desktop required. So this is asking for my password now. So I'm going to put that in so I can continue the process. And I know what you're thinking so far. You're thinking, hang on a minute, this seems pretty accessible. What is he going on about? Why do you need VOCR? Stay tuned. Parallels desktop window. Image has keyboard focus. Parallels desktop. Installation assistant. Window. Okay, here we go. So this is us now on the installation window. Not for Parallels desktop. That part's actually been done. The application is now installed. What we need now is Windows 11. And this is where we land. We're on a window. And if I just view right here. Installation assistant. And again. Installation assistant. And again. Installation assistant. Yeah, getting the, the hint, right? So you maybe think, okay, well, maybe there's something in here if I interact. In text. Installation assistant. Assistant. Assistant, installation, assistant. <laughs> no, okay. Out of text, installation, so installation. There's nothing else there. Yeah, that's all it's telling me. So that means that all I get off this is that I'm on a window that says installation assistant. If there's anything else in that window, if there are any other buttons on there, I can't get to them. And this is where the power of VOCR comes in. So what I'm going to do is I hold down Command, uh, Control, Shift, and W. Finished. And that little noise you heard... And the word finished tells me that it's done a scan of the window, the W, of course, being for window. So it's actually scanned that particular window. And I can now navigate that using control, command, at left, right, and up and down. So let's go left and right first. Installation assistant. Okay, we were there before. Now let's go right. Installation assistant. Okay, so that's telling me there's nothing else on that line. So I'll go down. Download and install Windows 11. There we go. So now it's actually reading the contents of the window. Again, I'm holding down Command and Control, and I'm arrowing down. To work with Windows applications, first you need to install Windows on your Mac. Use this assistant to install Windows 11. If you already have Windows installed or want to use another operating system, skip this step. Windows 11 Home will be installed. Okay, so there we go. Now I can keep arrowing down. Choose Edition. Skip Install Windows. So that's a button. Although it's not telling me that, but it is a button because it's saying Choose Edition, right? So it's telling me what to do. Let me go down again. Choose Edition. Skip Install Windows. Okay, that's me come to the end. That must be at the bottom of the window. Just think of this like a an actual cursor. Think of this like actually using the mouse with the arrow keys, right? So I've come to the bottom of the window here. So let's go uh, right. Skip. Skip. Okay, it says skip if I already have Windows installed, but I don't. So I want to install it. So let's go right again. Install Windows. There we go. Now, in order to activate this, I have to use VO shift space, not VO space, because actually the voiceover cursor is right back at the beginning where it said installation assistant. That's where the voiceover is kind of left us there, right? Because that's as far as voiceover can take us. VOCR is taking us to this point. So let's do as I say, VO, shift, space. Installation assistant, window, button. Okay. Windows 11 is launched in the background. Oh, well, there we go. Something's happening, right? So Windows 11 is launched in the background. Am I, I am on a window here, so let's see where we are. Toolbar, button, button, toolbar, close, minimize, zoom, button, toolbar, close, minimize. Okay, again, I've got no idea what this is talking about. So let's do another scan of the window. So Command, Control, Shift, and W. Finished. And then Control, Command, down arrow. Installation assistant. Downloading Windows 11. Okay. Installation will start automatically. While you wait, explore what you can accomplish. With Parallels Desktop for Mac. Carlisial. Okay. Validating. Validating. Cancel resume. Cancel resume. Cancel resume. Come to the bottom, so I'll go right. Resume. R resume. Now, these are buttons, but I haven't touched anything. So, I'm going to make an assumption that it's going. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but let's see if we can get any more information. So, on screen. Validating. With and it's important to understand this, that once you've scanned a screen, 
that's it. So if that screen disappears once you've finished scanning it and once you've finished going through it, if that screen disappears or changes, you have to run the scan with VOCR again. It kind of takes a snapshot of just that instance at that time. So let's do another quick search here. Let's see. Let's do um, see what's going on in this window. So again, and I keep telling you this command because it's so vital. Command, Control, Shift, and W. Finished. Okay, so let's arrow down. Installation Assistant. Window Setup. Installing Windows. Ah. Status. Copying Windows Files. Getting files ready oh, this for is installation. Z installing features. Getting files ready for installation. Zero percent. Now that's reading the Windows screen. That's a Windows setup screen there, isn't it? Installing features. Installing updates. Finishing. Collecting information. Installing Windows. One, two. Yeah. One, two. <laughs> two. 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 Wow, that's amazing. So it's actually reading the Windows setup screen there. So... Obviously, this isn't what you're going to use. You're not going to use VOCR in order to use Windows on the computer, but it is allowing you to uh, to actually know what's going on with the setup process. So it literally just reads what's on the screen. So it's not thinking, well, hang on, that's Windows, so I can't read that. It's just scanning, and it's just taking the information. So we'll let it do the install, and then we'll come back in a few seconds, uh, because it might be quite quick. I don't know how long this will take. It might be really, really quick. But but you can see already the power of VOCR here and how it's enabled me to get past, frankly, a completely inaccessible setup. So now I'm able to get on here, use Parallels to go and download Windows 11, which, like I said earlier, that's the key reason I chose Parallels out of all the software, because it does have that ability to just go off and get Windows for you. Makes it a lot easier, right? Um but let's see how this works and see what else we can do once this is installed. Oh, hello. Oh, that's interesting. So it appears I'm now in the Windows setup process because it's it's done all the file copying and it's done everything it has to do. That sound tells me that it started. Now, you can continue to just view OCR the screen all the way through that install process and it will tell you what's going on. Um, but of course, you can just wait. And, and the great thing is you do get that sound. It alerts you to the fact that something has happened and it is now doing that process of installing Windows. Now, you have to accept that it will go quiet for a little bit. You can view OCR the screen as you go, but it will go quiet because it's installing the operating system. You know, Windows 11 is going on there. So just be aware of that. So I'm just waiting for it to go through the, this process. We should any second be able to get into the setup and actually... Once we're into that process, we won't need to use VOCR anymore. Microsoft Settings is launched in the background. Okay, so that's now set up. So uh, I'm still in the same window here because the window itself doesn't change. Once you go from the downloading Windows 11 to installing, everything remains in the same window. And this is the window where Windows 11 will appear. So what I'm going to do is just one more time because I'm guessing I'm not going to get anything here. Zoom. Minimize, close, toolbar, button. Zoom. Minimize, yeah, close. nothing. Okay, so I'm going to do my command again. Finished. And then I'm going to uh, command, control, and arrow down. Button. And what I'm looking for here is installation complete. And this actually throws up one of the challenges of VOCR in that whilst it is brilliant at being able to analyze the text, it does throw up the challenge because it is reading what's on the screen. Now, what you'll hear now... Windows 11. Windows license agreement. Okay, Windows license agreement, right? Please review the license agreement. What that is doing is because I'm now in Windows on the system... It is showing me what Windows is, is saying, right? What's actually up on the screen on Windows. The problem is that in front of that is an overlay, which is saying installation complete. And I need to be able to click on that to continue. So you have to kind of find it. <laughs> have to go searching for it. Button. So let me just uh, command control down. Last updated June. Microsoft Windows. If you live in clause and class, thank you for depending on how you install that distributes this where your principal oh, place nearly. of business manufacturer device Microsoft. Installation complete. There it is. Okay, so now I'll do my view shift space on that. Parallels desktop dialog. Okay, now I'm in another dialog. So let's see where we're at now. Parallels desktop. Parallels desktop. And again, I've got to use this VOCR. Honestly, you couldn't do it without it. So Finished. W and I'll arrow down. Parallels desktop. Sign into Parallels account. I'm a new user. I have a password. Other sign in options. Sign in with Apple. And thankfully, this is accessible. So I will go and do that. Now, just shut your ears for a second, Sean. Signing in with your Apple account. Parallels desktop. Dialog. Okay, you can listen again. All right. So I am going to uh, now scan the screen again. Finished. It does take a bit of, you know, I will say it takes a bit of patience, but yeah, 
<laughs> you do have to have patience with this, but because every screen you have to scan. But okay, fine. Parallels desktops. Activate Parallels desktop. Okay, right. Please enter your activation key. Okay. Parallels desktop 18 for Mac. XXXXXXXXX. So I'm going to select that because I have to select that with view shift space so I can actually put in the uh, key, which I've already copied to the clipboard. So let's do that. Now, it hasn't told me it's done anything, but I'm, I've am i tested it already, and it, it did before. So X. as long as the activate button works, we're fine. So let's, uh, as I say, let's use VOCR to command, control, down. By try free for 14 days, activate. By try free okay, for 14 so now, days, right. activate. Try free for 14 days, activate. And activate view shift space. In, di- in dialog, the current copy of Parallels Desktop Pro Edition has been successfully activated. You may need to restart virtual machines and Parallels Desktop Pro Edition to make all features of this edition available. Okay, okay. that's fine. I'll okay that. Button. And uh, I think that is us now functional. So what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to hit, let's see, what can we do here? Let's try narrator. Control narrator me. dialog. Here we go. Close. Narrator is launched in the background. Alt plus C. Narrator touch requires a touch screen that's a... Okay, so there you go, narrator speaking. So that means I'm in Windows. And you heard there, uh, rather helpfully, from the Apple side, that narrator is now running in the background. Now, my first piece of advice would be either mute voiceover or just turn it off. Until you get your way around using a virtual machine and the Mac at the same time, I'd probably turn voiceover off because it turns off all those shortcuts that might get in the way. So here we are, we're in Windows. I'm going to turn voiceover off. Voiceover off. And I'm going to hit my Windows key, which is Command. Start window, search, search box, edit, type here to search. If I want to go back to my narrator dialog, I can just voice over on parallel desktop. Yeah, just do my Command F5, and I'm back in. And if I want to go back to my Mac, I just Command Tab. Windows 11, text edit, Finder, Mail, Mail. And the key thing to remember here is that Command Tab and Option Tab on the Mac side, or Alt Tab in Windows is the way to move between Windows inside the Windows instance. You've got to try and get this into your head. This is the bit I find difficult because I have a very small brain. You know, the problem is you Command-Tab controls the entire system going between, and actually more, to be fair, the Mac system, but it's controlling essentially the Windows side as well because you can go between all the different applications on your Mac and go back into Windows with Command-Tab, whereas while you're in the Windows instance, you use Option-Tab to navigate between the windows. That's your Alt-Tab, okay? Now, I do have my function key set to F1 to F12, so they will work as you would expect. And there's tons of settings, and I'll go through these in more detail in the future. We'll do another one of these, and we'll talk through all the different features and things you can do. But, I mean, there you are. Just on the just in the last few minutes, we've managed to get Windows running, and I am now able to operate Windows Parallels desktop. on the same machine. So you'll hear two icons, by the way, Parallels Desktop Windows 11. and Windows 11. Of course, one is for the application parallels and all the different you know, associated uh, services with that and, and features and preferences and all the rest. And, of course, Windows 11, the instance itself. So let me let go of my command key. Parallels Number desktop. lock on. Windows 11 window. Button. And it really is as smooth as that when it comes to parallels. That's the cool thing. It's not something that you have to really wrestle with too much. My other probably you know, top tip out of all of this is use parallels or use Windows 11 in full screen. Because it means then once you're in that window, you have got full control in that window. You still have command tab to get back out but you can very much work inside that window knowing you're not going to activate anything on the Mac side and turning voiceover off does help. So that's your brief introduction to installing Windows on a Mac using a fantastic piece of software, which is completely free to download called VOCR. It really does make all the difference for voiceover users and Parallels, which I've decided for me is the right choice. And, you know, you might prefer VMware, you might prefer UTM, and the geeks out there will all be shouting, hey, you know, what about, what about, you know, the fact you can just go off and download it from the Microsoft? Yeah, yeah, that's all great. But you know what? Average users like me, I want an easy life. So Parallels just goes off and does it for me. And, you know, the process was fairly simple, I think. Okay, sadly, not as accessible as I'd like, but hey, we got around it. Oh, 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 sir. I mean, come on. VOCR is amazing. I'm not sure about the demo, but VOCR, <laughs> absolutely. I'm joking. That was really good. I, I, it is brilliant. It just, I, um, why is this not built into VoiceOver? I know. Why is this? A, why is this a separate thing? 
I mean, it made such, like you say, you, you hit a brick wall there. There was nothing you could have done. And VOCR, it just sounds so easy. Of course, it does sound a little bit confusing as soon as you talk about dialogue boxes popping up and you got to go and find them. But when you're actually going through the process, I'm sure it, it's actually a lot clearer. So well, I, it's, it's just basically one window you're dealing with the whole time. I mean, the only time yes. you kind of come out of that is when it's wanting you to sign in to Parallels or sign up for it. And that can be a bit more challenging, especially if you're dealing with form fields and VOCR. It's all possible, you have to kind of, yeah. it's almost like you're scanning the screen inch by inch, you know? Yeah, but I mean, that, that's the thing. It's almost like we were talking about earlier, right? Uh, aim for perfection. But this, for me, it, you could do it on your own. You didn't have to go off and, can you do this for me? You know, I, and that, you, you can't, that is so important, so valuable. I, I love this. We need to talk whoever whoever did this. I want to talk to them. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, the, the parallels thing as well. Uh, $129 Canadian. I mean, it's Black Friday, although it seems like Black Friday every five minutes these days. Yes. Um, every I, I have so many emails about Black Friday, and I've had them for the last four weeks. I don't know which one know. Black Friday Early is. Early access Black Friday, yeah. pre-Black Friday. Coming yeah. up Black Friday, Black Friday, Black Friday classic. <laughs> and you're just like, when is actually Black Friday? I don't know. But if there is a Black Friday sale for that, then you'll probably get a few quid or dollars knocked off. And you know, also remember, you will have to buy a Windows license as well. So that's something you will need. But the point is, and this is what I love about that software, you can get the download. Uh, it just does it f- you know, for you. And you can go and you can yeah. pick your edition and go and get it. It just takes a big pain away. I tried it with VMware and you know, I downloaded the ISO file or what I thought was the ISO file from Microsoft's website. So you can go and get it. You can go and get the preview of the Windows 11 ARM uh, 64 preview version. You can go get it. It's, no, it's all free. It's there to get download. But uh, you do need a license, again, to, to stipulate that. But... You can go get the file, but it doesn't really work with VMware unless you're a massive geek. And most okay. people aren't massive geeks. So yeah, for me, it streamlines the easy. process and who doesn't yeah. want that? Right. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, listen, that's it for today. Thank you so much for all your comments. Keep them coming. Uh, I know you. lots of you have been getting in touch regarding our chats about Twitter and in particular Mastodon as well. Lots more chat on that coming up as you've been sending in your emails and thoughts. Keep them coming on any of our topics. Uh, and you know, also, if there's any software or applications you've been using that you think we should know about, or maybe you've got an even better idea on how to do some of the things we've been demonstrating, get in touch. Tell us. You can email feedback at doubletaponair.com, or you can call and leave a voicemail, as many of you do, one 803 4567. That's it for today. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.